Good evening and welcome to another episode of A Couple With Mental Health. I hope you've got your uh, coffees, teas, hot chocolates. It is late, so I'm going to go for a hot chocolate or a warm milk to send you off to sleep. So um, I have two guests this evening, if they'd like to introduce themselves. Hey, Lynn. Yes, thank you. I appreciate you uh, having us uh, on the show. I'm uh, one half, uh, you know, 49.999% of the Doug and Mike show. And, uh, and my partner's uh, sitting here as well. And I'm Doug Wattler, the second half of the Doug and Mike show. So we're, uh, we're thrilled to be a part of it. So let's, uh, do you want us to do a self-introduction? Um, you, my, my first question is always, what is your relation to mental health? Um, my relation to mental health is based that we're, uh, we're firefighters, so we're constantly dealing with uh, people in all different types of situations, and, you know, we have to be, you know, uh, trained to, ex- to expect the unexpected. Uh, we never know if someone is just having uh, an anxiety attack or they're just, you know, full-blown suicidal, so, you know, every, every call is different. Yeah, and I'll just piggyback uh, on that as well. Um, this is Mike, and um, you know we've uh, we're both firefighters here in Florida, and I work up in the north northern part of the Panhandle in Tallahassee, and and Doug is uh, is down in the in the southern part in, in Broward, and sort of two different areas, but we we certainly share that same um, you know relationship with mental health, and as as do all first responders across the world, quite frankly, uh, frankly, uh, in that. Um, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's kind of a silent killer and a silent threat to uh, to our to our health and well-being as public servants because uh, oftentimes we have to see things uh, that uh, you can't unsee and very tragic scenes. We you know we're all paramedics and EMTs and uh, we have to be uh, be there for people on their worst day and. Uh, you know, with mass shootings and with, um, you know, these uh, children that that are involved in, in some of these things as well. And, um, yeah. you know, natural disasters, hurricanes and wildland fires and, and uh, watching all of this devastation, uh, it begins to sort of like uh, add up and accumulate. And uh, I think it's taken us a very long time. The military kind of, I think, was out in front of some of this, quite frankly, in, in, in the United States uh, to recognize that, um, you know, a broken arm uh, and, and depression are both injuries and um, they need to be treated. Um, you know, your, your, mental, your mental injury needs to be treated just like a broken arm. So uh, we work around a lot of folks in our field that, that, uh, that suffer from those types of injuries. And um, we're, we're trying to find new ways to, to get those folks treatment. That's a commendable cause. There, I, I truly believe that our first response, whether it be of a, the water on your end or at my end, they have to deal with, and you guys have to deal with, much more than the average person. So I truly believe that the support should be there to support them because without without firefighters, without policemen without without all this support we couldn't manage as a society so i think that we need to be giving these people who are the first there to see and to be fair you don't see you don't call a first responder when something good has happened generally you Mm -hmm. call a first responder when something bad has happened Mm -hmm. and that's what that that cause is there for and it is that's really that's the first time I've ever heard somebody say that, Lynn. That's amazing. That's an insight. Yeah, that is neat. That's it's a like, very neat way to look we, at it. We don't call you for good stuff. We call you for bad stuff. Which is why the support should really be there. Because if you are constantly seeing and being called for the bad, you need that reassurance that there is good. Yeah, it, I mean, it's... It, yeah, I mean, you... You know, it, it that that's a. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow that from you because I think that's a very very powerful way to frame up the uh, the reality of, of the job that we all have to do. Yeah, the um, one of the 
eye-opening moments, and, and Mike touched on it, was the fact that, um, like, for example, in Florida, if you, you know, you break your arm, there, there's a whole procedure for people mm-hmm. to go through to get to the doctor, to get a cast, to get an x-ray, surgery if necessary, you know, you're off for six months or, you know, six weeks, and then you're back mm-hmm. to work. Yeah. But with hidden hidden injuries that are every bit as uh, hurtful and potentially deadly, you know we're we're really removing the uh, stigmatism behind it of of weakness because that that is um, one of the big characteristics of firefighters is is that we we can't show weakness and it's not being macho. Yeah. It's just. It's going. It's tagging right back into what you're saying, that you know we're we're dealing with people that are in possible panic situations, and and we have to be calm. Yeah, and that's a lot of that takes a lot of mental strength to know that you are going to be the the calm person in a very panic situation. That takes a lot of mental strength. Is there anything currently set up towards helping the mental health of first responders in America to be able to go, right, well, you are going to be going into a dire situation. Has anybody considered what that effect would have on your mental state? Yeah, there, there, are, there are things in place and there, and there have been, um, you know, I think in, in all fairness to you know, to everyone out there in the, in the mental illness uh, or in the, in the mental health profession and the folks out there that are, that are treating, you know, these, these diseases, you know, they have been looking at this for a very, very long time. Um, I think the, the problem is uh, that we've just been so stubborn about it as a culture, as a service that we just didn't want to admit that we had problems and we wanted to use coping mechanisms and mask, you know, these these symptoms with with yeah. alcohol and with drugs and things like that. So, um, you know, there have been some things out there through the years with, um, you know, with with, uh, you know, therapy and, um, you know, support networks and things. But I can tell you that in the last, you know, probably five years, uh, they've really ramped up uh, a lot of the um of of the uh, you know support networks we've uh, we've seen a lot more peer networks I think that uh, that's been a huge help is is not just using um, healthcare professionals but also empowering firefighters and police officers and EMTs and paramedics to be peer counselors for one another uh, yeah. when when things happen because you know we are. Uh, family and we're very close and tight and we don't always let people in to help us. Um, so, you know, that, that's been a huge thing. And, and, uh, and then state by state, you know, we, in, in, uh, in, in the United States, uh, a lot of our, um, our healthcare benefits and workers' compensation benefits are, are handled state by state. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm proud of, of Florida. Uh, this last uh, legislative session, our politicians here uh, added a, a provision in our laws to to, uh, to to allow first responders to get mental uh, treatment, uh, mental wellness treatment when they're all, you know, when, when they're only having a, a mental injury and it's not accompanied by a physical injury. Yeah. And um, so that's that's a huge thing. We're kind of leading the way. Uh, across the across America with providing those benefits. In fact, that just went into effect. That law just went into effect on October first. That's fantastic. And Doug, if I left anything out, jump in there. No, uh, I think I think you're right on the mark. Um, just just for your police officer listeners out there, uh, I I think the I've heard the police have gone to. Um, telling their officers to wear their uniforms at home when they get home for an extra half hour. And that I found very interesting because it's, it kind of signals to the family that uh, the, the husband or the wife is still on duty. Wow. So, That's... so like, like, don't, you know, don't hit them with the honeydew list. Don't hit them with what are you going to cook? Don't hit them with what are you going to fix? You know, right. 
a funny thing is, is you say that there's a lot of people, whether or not it's down to um, from every job, from obviously first responses to retail jobs, there is a thing of that uniform, even once once it comes off, it still needs that bit of time to just take themselves out of job mode or first response mode or whatever's going on mentally before they can move into the I'm back into family mode I'm here for my family I need to listen to what's going on and what's happened through their day and then they can listen to my day in a kind of kind of like different angle rather than going straight from one to the other they need that you know half an hour just to kind of de-job themselves if you know what I mean mm-hmm. yes yes it's, it's, it's a lot to take on, especially for first responses. I have the utmost respect for anybody who is a first responder because, that, like I said earlier, when it comes to it, we call on you. We call on you when something bad happened, something has come for us to call on somebody else to protect our safety or what is going on around us. Um, my son especially has had to have um, several ambulances called for him due to asthmatic attacks. And for them to see young ones going through that, it must affect them in some way. So I would like to think that they would get the same help as they would need for anything as anybody else. But they would also need that time to take out and go, right, I've had to deal with several things that were very difficult today. Give me half an hour and then I can be all yours when I come into the family or, you know, when I come into, even if you don't have a family, if you come into your friends, you need that time to be able to go, that was then. And I understand that's part of the job and it's what I, I took on as the role but I need to be able to internalise that to be able to move on, to be back into family state, friend state, father, son, mother, brother, whatever's going on, you need that time to internalise what's going on to be able to feel what's going on so you can move on to the next. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. it uh, that's a very powerful. Uh, I hadn't even heard yet about that, Doug. That's That's interesting that they're doing that. It makes perfect sense because I think it's unrealistic to, to take that uniform off and slide into the, you know, slide into the home mm. and let the kids run and jump. But, you know, no different than someone coming back from a, from a war mm. or coming yeah. back from military service. You know, I mean, if, if you left, if you got out of the army tank and then walked right inside your home, um, you know, it'd be hard to acclimate back to, being a father or being a mother and, you know, having to sit down and pay bills and look at making repairs on the home or getting the kids homework situated. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, you know, quite frankly, it's too, too big of a burden for, you know, emotionally for you to just flip a switch. Um, one last thing I did want to add about the treatment, uh, is that we are, we have an, uh, it's called the international association of firefighters. And we've been around for about a hundred years. It's a it's a union that's um, covers uh, about uh, four thousand different uh, departments from uh, in in the United States and in Canada. And mm-hmm. um, they um, they have identified this problem, and uh, they have uh, opened a wellness clinic in in the Baltimore area. And uh, we have uh, it's it's uh, really really something we're proud of. It's a uh, it's a bricks and mortar clinic that we all own. The firefighters all own. Yeah. And we have the healthcare professionals up there, doctors and nurses, trained staff. And all of those doctors and nurses have to go through a firefighting academy, like a mini academy. Yeah. Um, they have to go through an EMT academy to understand what we do. Mm-hmm. And they are, uh, they're accepting firefighters there 24 seven. Now they have been open for a little over a year, maybe coming up on two years. And, um, and when firefighters get to that point in their life where they, they're ready to accept that help, they just raise their hand and they get to go and, and live there and go through the phases of recovery. 
and they, they do detoxing on site. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's not just exclusively for substance abuse, but they have that available if you need it. Um, and, uh, we've seen a lot of firefighters come out of that program and, uh, that's really making a big difference. I wanted to mention that cause that's really a, a that's very, very neat great. thing. That's, that, that's fantastic. I think stuff like that should be rolled out no matter where it is. I'd say the support and help of first responders should be, to be fair, I've always thought that it's something that should be, is a first response. So it should be first on priority. If these yeah. people like yourselves are there to see the stuff that most people wish they would never see. And to that, that means that these people are, to me, they're lifesavers. They are heroes. You guys are heroes because you are doing something that not many people would step up and do. And that... I like, I like helping people. I mean, you know, I, I, think, I think most uh, first responders, we don't consider ourselves heroes. We just, you know, we just love helping people. Well, so, well that's, that, again... You. But that's again is that's why you are heroes. You are lifesavers in the fact of you are just doing something that you know will help people. And I think with that in consideration of you put yourselves on the line to help others in a situation where you know you're only called on for when the bad happens. That is above and beyond anything that anybody could ever ask the average person and I think those are the people like yourselves that should get the first point of call when it comes to mental health help because you can't go through all that and not take something with you it stays with you there'll always be stories and I'm sure you've got stories that have stayed with you that have become part of who you are and have made you who you are and that's why I think it is more important than ever for people who are on first response to get that mental health help. Are, are you seeing, uh, do you have any contacts or do you have any experiences um, where, where you are at uh, as it relates to, to first responders, to public servants and, and mental health? I have, my, my, my sister is a midwife. Um, she has she has shown some incredible strength in some very dire situations of helping some very little very very little babies um and i i commend her for being there mm. and helping um, and using her own intuition to be able to help but it takes a lot of strength um i have had responsive when it comes to my son, if it hadn't have been for several uh, first responses, I I honestly could not say whether or not my son would be here because mm -hmm. it took go, we need to knock it up a notch on his medication because right. he's not reacting properly. Mm -hmm. I I mean, luckily enough, within the UK we had the NHS system and all that lot, and I could not thank them enough. I don't I don't think they get enough praise for what they do. They are the most giving anybody who is in first response, who is in 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 anything along those lines, they are literally giving themselves for service of other people. And in some cases above their loved ones and family, because like yourselves, you're a firefighter. You know that you are going into a situation where you might not walk out of it. You are that subservient to other people and making sure that they are okay, them that they are well well looked after and they 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 breathe another breath. But you put yourself at risk, and nobody in this world could give more than that. Well, you know, I often, I've, I've been doing uh, firefighting for 34 years, so I, I you know, I'm like older than dirt. He's, he's very old, man. He, I think he actually, I think he, him and Ben Franklin were firefighters together. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, of course, you, you reflect over time 
and you know which i do and 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 it's kind of like you know why you know why do we do this you know it's not necessarily that we're thrill seekers or adrenaline junkies and stuff like that which i know that plays into it um but i i I treat it like we're we're like problem solvers Mm. and and it's like risking it's like solving problems at the highest level that the the if if you're if you're wrong it the the outcome's not good yeah so but but it, it's kind of like saying like i i i can challenge myself to think on my feet and i'll figure it out someday mm-hmm. somehow so um, I do believe that uh, I think that there's a overwhelming amount of ADD in our profession because Understandable. We, we just we just need stimulation, you know, and, and no no two days are alike. Even mm-hmm. even if, even if you do nothing the entire shift, no two days are alike because then you have the internal dynamics. Yeah. Which is another form of mental health that, you know, um, I have a theory on that, that, you know, over the years we had um, communal type living, like, of course, you know, early, early days of firefighting, you know, there, there really were not women involved in the fire service. So mm-hmm. it was not a big deal of having, uh, a, you know, uh, a sleeping arrangements that were all open with, with men, you know, yeah. of course. That's transitioned for privacy, obvious reasons. But the downside of that is, is that we're in we're in containers now. We go we go to horrific events, mm. and we come back, and we go into our little cubicle and shut the door now. And mm. we we miss seeing Bobby isn't acting right. Uh, Sherry isn't acting right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we missed that because they're in their cubicle. And we used to do big dinners, Mike. You, you, you know, you guys did dinners, and yeah, yeah, we do. You know, big lunches in the most apartments around the world. That was a big tradition, but that's kind of going away, right? Because you know, I'm a paleo person, and this person's a vegan, and the other one's person's no car, so they're eating at all different times now. So we're we're isolating inside of ourselves even at work yeah and 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 then i'll let you in on i'll let your listeners in on on a little like insiders perspective too that people don't really know about firefighters and and police officers and 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 first responders and and probably a lot of folks out there in the medical field too like you Mm -hmm. mentioned you're being a midwife or being a surgeon um you know i'll tell you we beat ourselves up over how how well we did and the outcomes um you know in life you're uh, in life you're kind of you're kind of you have this learned response about outcomes like outcomes mean everything and you know if if you if you um you know you you tile your kitchen and it it looks good and it and it, it 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 came out the way you wanted it to it's a great outcome if you you know you you take that test and you make an A and it was a great outcome and you're yeah. you're successful, but in our job you know and and the things that we face the things that we're you know as as Doug said being a problem solver, you know the things that we are required to do and and fix and put back together and make work again, um, oftentimes aren't capable or able to be put back together or work again. Yeah and. You know, and, and that might mean doing CPR on somebody for 30 minutes to the hospital that you just can't get back. Or, yeah. you know, that might mean looking for somebody, you know, a, a drowning victim in the water, you know, for, for 45 minutes and, and finally finding them by the boat ramp where you put the boat in. Um, you know, and so we constantly deal with these horrible outcomes despite our best efforts, despite every possible thing we could do. And you can close your eyes and think about what that looks like for a for a police officer, what that looks like for a you know for a surgeon or a midwife or a firefighter, but it, it's it sucks. I mean, quite frankly, it sucks. And you yeah. know, we get we get tired of it. And 
You know, we, we constantly beat ourselves up over what we could have done differently, how we could have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we had, uh, we had a, a bad call a couple of years ago where, uh, we had a house fire, uh, in the middle of the day on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning. And, um, somebody, uh, somebody had purposely set their house on fire and then they sat in the bushes with a, with a rifle and they started shooting all the first responders when they got there oh, and, wow. um, they killed, they, they killed the first deputy that showed up. Um, and, and it happened right in front of the firefighters as they were pulling in and then he began to shoot at the firefighters and thank God he didn't, you know, he didn't kill anybody else. He killed the one deputy, shot another deputy, but he survived. But I can tell you there's everybody on that call still battles with what they should have done or would have done or could have done different. Um, so that things may have changed and that, that, uh, you know, maybe deputy Chris Smith would still be alive. And, you know, that's just kind of a little insider's peek into what we deal with, um, every single day trying to like understand what, why, you know, why things didn't work out. And you just, you lay in bed at night and you think about it and it just eats away at you. And, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, that's why, you know, it's not just the mass casualty incident. It's not just the, um, you know, the, the earthquake or the, you know, or the yeah. tsunami or whatever. Hell, it's, it's just that call. It's that, it's that choking victim you had at the restaurant that, you know, just didn't go, it just didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And, and, uh, you know, and, and now you, now you have, you have, uh, this little, you know, injury in there that's just sort of growing and festering. So kind of an inside look at what we, what we think about in a way that we try to try to make sense of the job we have to do every day. But the thing is, I I always think that if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be the men and women that you are. Absolutely. If you didn't think, how could I have made this better? What can I do different for next time? And as much as, yes, it will sit and uh, internalise and and in some cases I've seen it torture, um, but that you are giving so much and caring so much that you want to do better makes you the first responder that you are. Yeah. I, saw, um, I saw a cartoon... Uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, was, you know, a firefighter that drew this uh, cartoon and it was basically like a person um, riding a train and, it, mm-hmm. and it's very, very typical of, you know, just someone from the, from the public coming up and they see us in uniform or whatever. And, yeah. and the, the default question is what was your worst call? Yeah. And the cartoon had um, like four ghost bodies next to the firefighter. And one was like a little girl. One was a person that was, you know, with a noose around their neck, you yeah. know, and, and so on. And the caption was, which, which one are you going to pick today? And I, I, that was just like, you know, a punch between the eyes, like how powerful yeah. that was. Cause because every first responder can close their eyes and immediately go back to those calls to, you know, to what it smelled like, to, you know, the temperature, the weather, you know, just the, the most minute detail because your brain's capturing all that. You know, oh, yeah. In those, in those situations. So I'm going to ask, how have you both managed to keep your mental health to a I'm going to say it in commas, but you can't see it, um, to a healthy estate? Yeah, that's a good question. That is a good question. I think that um, for me, it has been trying to be a part of the solution and trying to create environments that, um, trying to create environments that are they're creating healthy outcomes for, for our guys and girls. So, uh, you know, we're, I, I'm a, uh, I'm a captain on the department. Actually, uh, Doug's a captain as well here at Broward. Um, 
And so, you know, I'm in a position of leadership. So, uh, you know, getting our troops to eat together and spend time together and debrief after calls and have understanding and accept it and know that it is a thing and be, uh, you know, be aware of it. So, you know, from a, from a, from a leader in the fire service, I feel like for me, um, uh, you know, paying that forward in terms of trying to arm and, uh, and, and get our troops in a position where they can, they can cope with it and understand it. So that's kind of part one. Uh, I think part two is, um, is, is being, um, you know, being there for people trying to, you know, after we had some of these bad incidents through the years, I would always make it a point to try and call somebody and say, you know, I'd call the, I'd call Tom and say, Hey Tom, you know, how you doing, bud? You know, I, I know, you know, obviously there, there's no making sense of what happened, but you know, you need to know that you got a big family here and that might just mean that we, we go grab lunch tomorrow or that we jump on the phone and just kind of check, you know, check up on each other. So, um, I, I think just being engaged with our guys and girls and, uh, and, and, and just facing it, you know, just being right there with it, understanding it. Um, I mean, it was a huge stigma back when I started 20 years ago, we had, uh, you know, it was just like, nobody wanted to talk about it, but, but for me, that's, those have been the the keys to, to trying to really stay on top of it and understand. I mean, I, I get depressed about things. I get down about things. There's calls. I don't, I don't, um, you know, that I, that I just have a hard time with and all these things, but I think overall I I'm, 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 I'm fortunate that I feel like my, my health, my mental health is, is in check and that, you know, I have a handle on it. It's not perfect. Um, but I feel like I'm, I'm doing what I need to do and I have to continue to do that to kind of keep it in check. But those, those are the keys for me. That's a great question. Um, and, and my, um, coping with it is, is actually been getting into social media. And, okay. and, and helping and networking and, um, you know, we, we, both Mike and I have taken the Evan Carmichael class. Yeah. And I was at the second class and we had a mental health uh, professional uh, in the class. And, and she stated um, that 40% of suicides, the family, the 40% of the family is a second member takes their life. Yeah. So, so, so the ripple effect. Yeah, it's the ripple effect. That that just that just blew me away. And you know, as you know, because you, you see my post, you know, we just we just dealt with yeah. the firefighter suicide last week and, and I knew the guy personally and I'm very know, sorry to hear like, that by the way. Yeah, and it, and it's like the the sad part is is that he he actually went through our clinic. And did it mm. after the clinic. Yeah. So, so you know, it not everyone can be saved, unfortunately. But the the, the stigma, the stereotypes, the suck it up buttercup uh, stuff that we used to do is just as unacceptable anymore. Yeah. So, and, I can... and I think it, it, you know you're no, you're no less of a man or a woman saying I need help. I, I honestly agree that the strongest thing you can do is admit your weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, amen. And I think that in times where you're expected to be strong, which first responses are, you're expected to be strong. You're expected to be like this tough person to be able to handle whatever is thrown at you. To be able to admit that there are certain aspects that you need help is the strongest thing that anybody can do. It shows true strength to be able to show your true weaknesses. And I commend anybody that is able to do that. I, I know just from, from a first responder that it's encouraging to me, um, and, and Mike touched on it, the veterans were really way ahead of this. From us, you know, we we do um, 
there's 22 veterans a day that commit suicide. That's the rate now. Wow. And, and that, that's just mind blowing. Really is. is. Is that the public, the general public, is now more compassionate to what we go through? It's because it's it's not a visible injury. If, I, if my arm is cut off, you can see that, and we just have to keep you know hammering that home. Like, like they say, the scariest thing is the things that can't be seen. And, yeah. and I, I always say what can't be seen is generally more dangerous than what can be. And mm-hmm. it's simply because you never know what's going to happen. So being there for people, allowing them to be able to speak their truths, their feelings, what is going on in their head, even if they have no idea what's going on in their head sometimes and a lot of the time people do not know what is going on or how they're feeling or or why they're feeling that way um especially when they are dealing with a lot and i think that the more we are able to sit and like it's fine you're in a safe space you're able to speak about them please speak about them i would rather you offload onto me and we can open up and have this conversation between us and have that connection that if we have this connection, you feel that you're not in that place where you have to deal with everything on your own and which can lead to extreme dire situations. And I think that if we just had these conversations and made them such a, like you say, we've compared breaking a leg to mental health quite a lot within this conversation, how within, if you damage a physical part of you, you are able to get the support and it's easier to walk into a hospital. Yep, get me. I need I've broken my leg. I need the support. Great. You get you get your leg bandaged, everything you get your cast on. Once your cast is done, you get your, your physio. Once your physio is done, you get your follow-ups. Everything's done. And I think we need to have that same support system, that same medical care for when it comes to mental health because there has been studies many studies that have shown that mental health has more an effect on physical health and physical capabilities than the other way around and when it comes to first responses that is very very much important because if you are dealing with a lot how can you be there for somebody else even though you want to be there even though you want to be that that servant of 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 people that he's doing and has chosen this lifestyle how can you be there if you're not fully there it's like the oxygen theory oxygen mask theory how can you help others if you're not helping yourself you need to put that oxygen mask on yourself to be able to help others and i think that's a massive statement i want to i'll share a story too that um it just kind of came to mind about uh actually a story my wife uh, uh shared with me a while back Mm-hmm. Um, she, um, she had a, she had a friend, she had a, a girl in, in school that was kind of an outcast of, uh, wasn't fitting in that mm-hmm. was, um, you know, bullied and these different things. And she, she approached that girl one day and, um, and, and just kind of, I think just something told her something wasn't right. Yeah. And she, she felt, you know, by the, you know, Grace of God, thank goodness she did it. But she talked to the she talked to the girl, mm-hmm. and they kind of had this little relationship going for a moment. It wasn't anything crazy, but it was just like, um, you know, hey, you know, what you you're, you're having a bad day, yeah. and that that girl called my wife not too long ago. Mm. It, it's just, and, it's... and she she told her that she was going to kill herself. And uh, and by my wife walking up to her and talking to her, that saved her life, you know. And so the the call to action, Lynn, I think for all of us is to, you know, they 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 had this thing here. uh, I saw during some of the school walkouts where they were talking about, don't walk out, walk up. Yeah. You know, walk up to somebody, and it's like. You know, that's the call to action, you know, for us as as leaders, as peers, as friends, no matter if you're in elementary school or or if you're, you know, working out there in the workforce is walk up to people, you know, talk to people, you know, have 
have a conversation with somebody. I mean, you, you never know what your impact may be uh, yeah. as, as Jamie's impact was on this young lady who, you know, she was ready to end her life. And, you know, just that interaction really completely changed her destiny. And, um, you know, I think we need to do that more. I think we need to be talking to our youth about it. And, um, and we need to be talking to our, our peers at, in the workforce about it because, you know, you, I don't care how big and macho and tough you are and all these, we work around all these big dudes that bench press 2000 pounds and squat 5,000 pounds and they have to shave twice a day cause their beard grows so fast. But <laughs> guess what? They get broke down too. They get upset and sad too. You know, they get in these positions where they they just can't see the sun coming up tomorrow so the, it's it's I, such a big deal i think the best piece that i i, I can't remember where i heard it from but i'm gonna have to i'm, I'm I, and i'm probably paraphrasing but i'm gonna say this is we have physical health we also have mental health we need everybody has mental health we need to look after both yeah everybody has physical health and we all preach about how we need to be in five a day and how we need to be looking after ourselves and exercising more and you know eating less fat and stuff like that but everybody has mental health just in the same way it's just obviously you know you need to do a few different things but everybody has mental health if you have a mind, you have mm-hmm. mental health. And yeah. I think this is whether or not you are the average person that walks down the street living their lives or you are a first responder that is there at a dire situation, everybody has mental health. Everybody has a state of mind that needs to be cared for. And when people understand that, then maybe we can have this conversation of if, if everybody has it, then it's okay for everybody to talk. Who was the Doug? Who was the one that said uh, some? I think it was Evan. It might have been Evan Carmichael. They said, you know, you you, you brush your teeth every day, right. but you we need to brush our brain every day, right? Right. That, oh, I like that. I like that. I might have to take that. One. I like that. <laughs> you know, every, every day we brush those teeth, but then you know, and, and but we don't. Well, we don't brush our brain, and. Um, oh. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 you know, look at all these supermodels, right? Look at all these actors and actresses that are, you mm-hmm. know, six foot tall and beautiful and fit. And, you know, they're, they're, they're not happy, right? They, yeah. they get, you know, substance abuse overtakes them and they, um, you know, they're just, they, it, that's not the answer all the time. That's just one, uh, that's just one drop in that big bucket. I agree. I completely agree. But we are coming to the end, and this has been an incredible conversation with you both. Um, and I cannot thank you enough. Before I end and ask my final question, I'm, I am going to ask you, how can people find you? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed it. We're huge super fans of you and all the uh, content you put out there. Thank and we're, you. Yeah, we thank you for being uh, so strong and brave to, to tell your story and be vulnerable on social media, which is such a big thing. So you're a uh, you're a mentor for us. You probably don't know that, but you are. We appreciate it. We love uh, we love all the stuff you're putting out. And and uh, but yeah, if you want to find us, we're out there on Instagram at uh, Doug and Mike show. And we have uh, Twitter and Facebook and a YouTube page that is the same handle. And uh, we uh, have an email address there, Mike and Doug show at gmail.com. And we would love to have you come over and, and give us a like. And for anybody who's listening, I would like to say, honestly, please do follow them. Doug and Mike have some incredible insights as well as some great interviews and um, talking about mental health and how to help other people. I cannot promote them and say good things mm-hmm. about you. Enough. That's awesome. Thank I mean, you. You are you are you are doing something that I think is an incredible cause and I think that more needs to be invested in. 
Well, we're truly humbled. Yeah, that means a lot. It does. I got goosebumps. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> we yep. come to our final question. Um, and uh, I would like to say, you're a, you meet in your case two people. Usually it's just one person. Um, but in your case, it's two people who is about to go through everything that you have seen, heard, felt, lot. But you are not allowed to tell them what is about to happen. All you can do is give them three pieces of advice. You can't tell them what, they've, what they're about to go through. You can't tell them the trauma. You can't tell them the happiness. You can't tell them anything. All you can do is give them three pieces of advice to get them through what they're about to go through. What would they be? Mm, that's wow, a that's a killer question. Um, I'm going to be very basic in the fact that, um, you know, this, this too shall pass. So, so no matter what you're going through, the ups and the downs, they will pass. So you have mm-hmm. to, you know, live, uh, that, that would be one. Number two is, is live in moderation because, yep. because our default is towards alcoholism, drug abuse, you know, sexual abuse. It's like, it's just, you know, they, these, these are the, you know, things that are out there. And I, and yep. I guess, I guess the third one, um, would be is, uh, you know, set an example so that, you know, it, you have to stand up sometimes for what's right. Wow. That's great. That's strong. Lynn, I'm going to tell you mine. uh, I I would say number one, uh, attitude, um, approach, uh, life and things with, with a great attitude and a, and a very optimistic approach. Uh, I think number two would be, um, believe in yourself, which, uh, you know, which is a huge Evan Carmichael takeaway. Um, you know, but believe in you, um, and, and, you know, the, the man who invented the ship also invented the shipwreck. So, you know, you're, you're going to fail a few times, but you just have to keep believing. Uh, and I think the last thing is, is kind of one that I got from Donald Miller, who's a, is someone I love to follow. And is that is, is try not to be the victim throughout your life. Um, try not to be the victim. There are times when you will be a victim. Victimization is a real thing. Uh, however, oftentimes we do become victims of, of ourselves and, uh, Find ways to be accountable and and change and look in that mirror and become somebody uh, that, that that you want to become. Well, thank you. That that's that's incredible. I think a lot of people will take a lot from that. Great. Um, I, I How would think you my answer thing- those questions. <laughs> that, have you ever had to that's answer a, those questions? Those are pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm the host, guys. You're the guest, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flip this around on me. Remember what Evan? Remember what Evan? Told think, us? Evan told us, he said that if there's if there, go the next level, go the next step. Yeah. So that, I'm, I'm challenging I completely you, agree. I'm I think for you, me, for, uh, you know what? You're the first person to actually ask that in reverse, so I can mention <laughs> that one. You've learned well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This, this I think is called a misdirect. That's right. Yeah. She's getting to know. She's got it. She's got. She's unpacking it right now. I got you. Yeah. I think my free my free pieces of advice would be: don't make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. It's always been one one thing that I've always stuck by. Don't make a permanent decision. On a temporary feeling. I like that. Be- That's because some it, feelings fade, feelings change. What moment you're in can change the next. I think also my other one would be, oh, you can have a positive mindset. Doesn't mean to say you have to be happy all the time. You can be positive. You don't have to be happy. And, and and people mistake that quite a lot. People mistake having to, if you're positive, you have to be happy. That is not the case. And 
I think my third one would be, I think the third one for me would be, you don't have to be something you're not. You don't have to constantly be strong. You can be weak. It's fine. Like even the strongest person has weak moments. Even the strongest person cries. Even as the strongest person takes five minutes for themselves to internalize everything that's going on. And that is absolutely fine. And you know what? I'm going to put a third in, in that. What uh, fourth, sorry, in, in that is no matter what you're feeling, it's perfectly normal. There's no such thing as normal, but it's perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Good <laughs> job. I love those. I love I love the happiness one. That's that's a big idea. I like that one. I love the I think happiness is a word we throw around that we have to we have to reevaluate what that means. I, I think we do, because I, I've, I've had this conversation quite a lot just often is I am a positive person or a po I like to think I'm a positive thinking person, but I get annoyed. I get frustrated. I feel those, you know, there's that anger sometimes when something really bothers me. Uh, but it doesn't mean to say I don't take something positive out of it and go like, you know what, what can I do to make this thing better? You yep. can be you can be angry and positive at the same time. Yep. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, just because you're positive, doesn't mean to say you have to be happy all the time. And I think people people get that confused quite a lot. So I'm going to say this to my listeners, is if you if you're worried about whether or not you're a positive person because you get annoyed, get annoyed. You're That's human. Right. It's allowed. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, you know, feel every human emotion there is. Because the more you feel of your emotions, the more you understand it, and the more be you become aware. And when you become aware, the world's your oyster. Well, your world's your oyster. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. You are you are awesome. Oh, I'm charged thank you. up. <laughs> I'm charged up right now, Doug. Yeah. Yes. Pumped! You got me pumped up. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a little uh, Facebook live. Uh, Facebook live. We're gonna do a little Instagram live. So, uh, but you gotta go. To hey. that, so you'll watch the replay. Awesome. So I'm gonna let you guys uh, get off and do what you gotta do. I will again thank you for being a part of this. I think the more we get awareness and talking about mental health in a casual conversation then the mark becomes the same way as if you used to walk up to somebody and go, how's your day been? Oh, it's been all right. Well, this has been bothering me. In this, you, you'd have that same conversation about your mental health. My whole point of this podcast is to literally put myself out of a podcast because I want it to become a normal conversation. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for, uh, for having us on. It's been really special. I, I honestly, I couldn't thank you both enough for being part of this. I really do appreciate it. All right. Good night. Good night. And you take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. We'll talk soon. Goodbye. Talk soon. Bye. If you like this episode and want to listen to more, I have over 60 episodes of A Couple With. And they go from me talking on my own about subjects and stories of my life to others. And some people I've spoken to have incredible, incredible stories. And that's what it's all about. Talking about people's stories over a cup of tea. And having those open conversations. So, like I say, if you like, share, subscribe, rate. That's all appreciated. And thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to us.